0: Welcome to season three, episode one of Hair Biz Radio with your hosts, Zakira and Mikey. <laughs> and we have not been on a podcast in like months, that felt like years. It's, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty much a been-
1: Zakira didn't even recognize the mic. She's like, Mikey, is this a new mic? What mic right. is this? I was like, No, we've <laughs> used this a few times before, but it's been so long that she's like, hasn't even you know forgot the mic
0: yeah so we haven't recorded a podcast in let's just say forever um and a lot of our listeners are like well when are you guys coming back with another podcast and we like oh y'all listening listening
1: yeah i know <laughs> actually it felt really good to see those messages to be honest yeah. like i saw yeah, it yeah, i was yeah. like dang people actually listened to it a lot of people found out about private label extensions looking to start a hair business right. and they said how much it helped so zakira i think I think we're back now, though.
0: Yeah, we're back. We're going to be consistent for you guys. We're going to have a ton of information. We'll have some great um, guests that we'll be bringing on as well for you. So stay tuned. Um, But if you haven't, make sure you go back to listen to season one and season two of Hair Biz Radio because there is a lot of great information for you on there whether you're just starting a hair business you've been in the hair business um, or not even the hair business you can really apply a lot of this information to the beauty industry in general and other types of businesses that you have so make sure you go back and listen subscribe and leave us some comments some reviews yeah,
1: we love the comments mm-hmm we're here for the comments.
0: We're here for the comments. Yeah.
1: If, if you're listening to this, um, if you're listening to this, maybe, you know, through Apple Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. or, you know, all, we're basically everywhere now uh, yeah. for podcasts. If you actually want to watch us and see these beautiful faces, uh, you know, you can always go to, where are we putting this? The YouTube? Uh, YouTube, yeah. Uh, YouTube private label or the Hair Biz Radio channel? Both. We'll put it on both. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll put it on both, the Hair Biz Radio channel and then Private Label Extensions. Obviously, Private Label Extensions has a lot more followers than Hair Biz Radio. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty good. So yeah, so today, what are we talking about today, Zakira?
0: Today, we're going to catch up on everything that's been going on, uh, opening up a brick-and-mortar store. Like, I feel like, what's the uh, the movie... It's like the Matrix, is it? Like where everything the just goes yeah. like really, yeah, yeah, really yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I feel like that's how we're opening up stores.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny because obviously COVID hit. Right. Pumped the brakes on everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. I mean, we we did very well during COVID, mostly mm-hmm. because you know our supply chain is is very, very strong, even mm-hmm. despite COVID. But you know, there was still some worry sometimes. Obviously, um, still are worry sometimes, but we can't stop what our, like our plan, our mission, our everything, we mm-hmm. couldn't stop. Right. And you know, we had the opportunity to take over a couple stores from another company. So yep. we took a couple of those, uh, that's in Lithonia and Charlotte. yeah. And then Detroit, they wanted us to take the Detroit store. And I was like, "Nah, this store sucks. <laughs> You can keep this one. <laughs> Sorry, I was no trying thanks. to help you out. Yeah, trying to help you out. But the new Detroit store is baller. It's on Eight Mile Road. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a new partner for that, who we'll discuss later at another time. Yeah, we can't um, give
0: you guys all the tea at one time. Uh, I know. We they, just got to sip it. Got to sip yeah, the Yeah, just
1: tea. let's just <laughs> keep it sipping. It's always hot. Okay. Um. So yeah, you know, I think it would be interesting to talk about what it takes to open a brick and mortar store. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. we're opening brick and mortar stores. Yeah. And um, maybe you know,
0: some a uh, few reasons as to why they may fail and how you can um, utilize those failures to pivot into making it a profitable business.
1: There's a lot of reasons why I could fail.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we'll cover a few. We yeah, don't get yeah, into yeah. Everything. we'll cover a few.
1: <laughs> so why do you think we're opening up brick and mortars? Because I never really asked you a question like that. Why do you think we're opening brick and mortar stores?
0: Well, I know. Our, with our brand, of course, we do really well um, online, but as we're expanding, as we're creating partnerships um, with other people, we're able to tap into other brands. And then, of course, um, when the brick-and-mortar stores are in the right locations, they'll do amazing. And yeah. we have a product that... Literally, every woman will be using for the rest of their lives uh, because hair is like an essential for women. Like, (laughs) you know, some people are like, you need your like soap and deodorant and toothbrushes. Well, a lot of women are like, I need my weave. okay? Hair, (laughs) lashes,
1: wigs, edge control, you know, all the good stuff. You know, it's interesting to me because, like, you know, obviously we get so much so much information from the Facebook group, the Start a Hair Extension mm-hmm. Business Facebook group. If you're not yeah. part of the group, definitely get in there. It's over 34,000, uh, you know, other entrepreneurs or people kind of going that towards that way and trying right. to get information. We have so many people in the group. You have two types of people. Obviously, since the main store is Atlanta – you have the people that are in Atlanta. They're absolutely crushing it mm-hmm. because they can come get hair. They literally, you know, they they're some of them are just getting rides in Ubers now. They don't need. They're like, I don't need to drive anymore. <laughs> you know, they get the Uber over here, pick up a bunch of hair. They're literally taking orders in the showroom for on clients their <laughs> on their phone. We see it every single day, mm-hmm. and then they go and they make a couple hundred dollars, right? So to be able to bring that opportunity to stylists and just hair entrepreneurs in other cities, to me is like super exciting.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's always that, uh, client who wants to book a last minute appointment and they don't have hair and they may not want to order it online. And the stylist is just like, last minute appointment. That's like no stylist ever. That's like 95% of clientele. (laughs) Yeah,
1: pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think it's interesting for private label extensions because, you know, our clients just have such an advantage to have us close. Cause it's, it's funny when I hear clients that are like, Oh my God, you guys are coming to my neighborhood. Like you're going to take all my sales. We're not <laughs> like, we are just like, we're not taking all your sales. You're going to be able to do so much better having instant access to these products. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we do well here in Atlanta, but it's mostly, you know, most of our marketing and tailored marketing and stuff is to stylists. Right. You know, so for us stylists come in and spend, you know, a thousand, two thousand $2,000 opposed to just a normal client that might come in and spend 150. Right. So for us, we have less people, but it's big, you know, they're coming in making big purchases. Right.
0: Yeah. I think um, the other thing, what we started implementing was the private label wholesale online. So right. that, um, there was a different, different, differentiate
1: differentiate what's in that tea somebody check her tea please um is that spike did you jump into my tequila bottles behind you Uh, excuse me
0: because there's a difference between um our retailers and then the wholesalers who are actually looking to purchase book um so that's another point that we have to make because some people are like well if it's open to the public then why you know what's the point of it um and it's because there's a a difference between the wholesale and the retail buying. The prices are different.
1: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) private label wholesale, it's very hard to beat that. You know, there's a lot to be said when you can go on to private label wholesale, just use a normal credit card. Mm -hmm. You're not like middle night WhatsApp messages. You can earn rewards points. It's just like, it's such a good, clean, easy to use system. People you trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that actually it, it, uh, that system has really helped a lot of people too. Obviously you have to plan a lot more. Yeah. So if you plan ahead and order ahead, then you can get a better pricing. But a lot of people, they're just don't even, they're not even worried about it. They just take the orders. They know they make a little less, maybe getting it in, a, in the in the brick and mortar store, but yeah. they're just flipping that, that hair, like wigs. Like dust, crazy. Like crazy.
0: Yep. Um, so let's talk about like leading up to a brick and mortar store. Like when is it time to actually get a brick and mortar store?
1: you know, I think over, I think over the last 20 years, how business has changed, right? So I look at, you know, a lot of the stuff I always talk about, you'll see is always, I'm talking about these massive brands, yeah, right? And I'm like, let's be like this company. Let's be like Apple, that company, Google, you know, 19, like, yeah. so if you look at a lot of the successful companies, right now, a lot of the newer brands say like, I'm wearing a pair of Allbirds, right? Mm -hmm. The shoes. So like, if you guys have never heard of Allbirds, uh, look up the story of Allbirds. They, you know, they launched maybe five, six years ago, maybe a little bit more, five, six years ago. They're a billion dollar shoe company, Mm. okay? What they did is they became successful online first and then then did the brick and mortar location. So, you know, what we wanted to do and my vision was, let's be like these guys, how, you know, get that online clientele going first. Because mm-hmm. a brick and mortar, brick and mortar locations are not easy. Yeah. Like an online business is so much easier than brick and mortar. They're and more they're
0: expensive. So much more
1: expensive. Mm. You have to deal with more staff, mm-hmm. you know, especially if overhead it's different cost, cities, yeah. the overhead costs. It's just it's so much more. You know, and that's another reason why in a retail location your prices need to be a little bit higher than maybe like what we have on our Wholesale website. Right. Right. Because we have tons of costs. Mm-hmm. Like you go to our Atlanta showroom, you're like, wow, this is a really nice showroom. Like that costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta make <laughs> money somehow so we stay in business so everyone else can stay in business. Right. But I think what the the point is getting that online customer base first is so key. Yeah. So definitely. when we open up in Charlotte, I can have, you know, someone from our customer service team text everybody, say, Hey, we're in Charlotte. We're in Charlotte. Come see us. (laughs) You know, same with Detroit. Lithonia, we already know we have tons of people that are driving up here. So they're like, oh, my God, I don't have to drive an extra 30 minutes anymore. Yeah. They're pretty excited. Definitely. Um, So I think building that online base, it's a safer way to do it Mm -hmm. because it's lower overhead and costs. And then you can build up your client base. And then once you have that bigger client base, you can start sending them to the brick-and-mortar store.
0: Right. And that's not to discourage people who are like, I'm getting ready to open up a brick-and-mortar store and I haven't sold anything online yet. Um, It may do well for you. Um, But that's just kind of standard. It's really good to get that online traffic, online sales kind of moving. That way you're making money for the business and then you're able to reinvest that money that you're making online into something else. Um, So, yeah, so we talked about that. Let's talk about how we got started with the brick-and-mortar because we actually didn't start with the brick-and-mortar technically
1: we like it. tripped and fell into it yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah. so i remember you know when we first started right so 2.0 who was our like first real employee right he was i was still working a full time job so mm-hmm. he was working in my real estate office in the corner mm-hmm. right and i was like okay this you know and then things started to get a little bit bigger and we're like okay we definitely need to get just an office yeah. So inside that same building, we got on the third floor. So yeah. we 302. If well, we were remembers. actually
0: downstairs for a while because when I got there, we you were, were downstairs too. Yeah, in the we office? were downstairs. Oh yeah, wow.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So we had two. I had yeah. you guys working in the <laughs> corner of my little office. Yeah. Right to get this thing started, and then it just became started getting bigger. And it's actually funny because I was watching one of my old vlogs from 2016. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, dowie saw it, and he was like, "Wait a second, that was your whole office?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man, it's like the same size of." What we're recording this podcast in right it was literally the same size and i was like you see those yeah. two cabinets remember the white cabinets Yeah. i was like that was all our hair and it's like wow yep. that was just four years ago and I look remember. at it today. It's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. But we moved into that office. I didn't think honestly, did you think anyone would even come there to buy hair from us?
0: No, we were like in one of those building suites yeah, where like a, it was a, like, like, a, yeah. like a commercial high rise. Commercial high rise. Yeah. or something. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But we were in that and we didn't have like any signage outside that said oh, no, hair in this building, or we didn't have like really anything. There was just
1: But you know what really we did have? Internet. <laughs> well, we actually had good internet that was about the only internet. good thing about the whole place we only had a six hundred dollar monthly rent payment that oh, included yeah. internet and utilities oh yeah so it that was, that was good. The overhead cost was low my, my property tax is more than that now just for next door oh wow yeah so like <laughs> things things have changed so but yeah. it takes that growth yeah but then what happened when after we opened up after like little by little
0: yeah so there the good thing about it was that um of course, referrals. But then we had some stylists that were in the building, word of mouth, people started coming. Um, And then, of course, online marketing, people were starting to come visit. Um, So it was growing slowly, but surely, but definitely growing. Um, And then before you knew it, we had lines in the hallway of the (laughs) commercial building. And it was kind of like, okay, what's next? (laughs) Yeah.
1: And then obviously, we moved into our New space, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Which was a huge jump in in many regards. As far as okay, now we have a ton more space, but we also have a ton more expenses, right?
0: But keep uh, everyone keep in mind that we outgrew the space we were in. We For didn't. Sure. We didn't go and purchase this whole new big building, and, and there was two employees with like five sales a week. Like no. we outgrew the space completely. We went from one office to two offices to three to five. Yeah, to we six. had like five on the same yeah. floor. Yeah, and then it was the like one downstairs. Okay, oh, yeah. One oh, yeah. to, we're to move people downstairs. Yeah, and then after that, we basically, we couldn't expand anymore in the location that we, in, that we, we, were, we were in.
1: We were bursting at the seams.
0: Yeah, so we outgrew the space, and we just had to move on and expand and get bigger. But before we did that, we maximized where we were.
1: Yeah, the key really is, like, you have to somewhat burst at the seams before you move on to something so much mm-hmm. bigger. Because you're about to take on a whole lot more cost, yeah. I can tell you. Just building out like next door as far as furniture, mm-hmm. all the computers, all the bins, like oh uh, yeah. Think about all the bins Storage. we spent. <laughs> I mean, we spent at least an additional fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. And that's spending fifty thousand dollars that's not necessarily directly making money like a marketing. Right. Right? That's fifty thousand like that's gone. You know, I can't resell plastic bins to hold all this hair. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean it was it was an expense. So, you know, Atlanta's worked out very well for us. Um, obviously we have Greenville, which is still growing. Right. Um, the wholesale days are helping that to get like local awareness. Yeah. Um, and
0: Greenville is doing well. Um, but the other side of that is when Greenville started, we weren't making Oh, losing sales every Sales every day, yeah. Yeah,
1: losing money every single month in Greenville till it kind of, yeah. you know, breaking even. Okay, now we're a little bit profitable. Yeah. Um, but that's after a year. Of course, with COVID, we had to shut it down for- A few four, weeks? No, it was like four months. Greenville was oh, gone. Oh, Greenville was yeah. closed for four months. That yeah, was closed for four months. So, you know, you're paying rent. Oh, yeah. Utilities for four yeah. months. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, that's that sucks. Yeah. So, um, would you
0: say um, Greenville was open prematurely or do you think it was right on time?
1: I think it was right on time okay. um, for what we were doing, and then you know, obviously partnering in Dallas into the right. into the private label program, and um, so I think that part was that part was okay. Um, I think we could have done a better job of targeting uh, where we have a larger client base, because right. like where we're opening Detroit, Charlotte, Lithonia, we have already have a huge client base. Right. Yeah. So we know, like Greenville, we weren't sure if this was going to be a, a success but we know these other locations are going to be a success. For sure. You know?
0: Yeah. So when we opened Greenville, it was a little bit more seamless with the process because we had done it already here in the Atlanta location. Oh, it's way easier. So what would you say are probably like two or three things you would recommend someone who is opening up a storefront um, and they may not know, like what are those two to three things that you definitely want to make sure you do or have before you open?
1: Have some money saved.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> make sure you realize, got your coins together. <laughs> yeah. And if it's not
1: something somewhere where you're personally going, make yeah. sure that you find a manager that is freaking amazing. Yeah. You're going to be paying more than you expected, but like you have to have a really good manager. Yeah, um, If you're going to do construction, just understand like the building permit process, dealing oh, yeah. with the city, all of that. It Dealing with the city, the permits generally aren't too expensive, but it's very time consuming because You have to wait for them to approve, like in Detroit, we had to wait a week for the building permit approval before we can start work. Okay, now you have to get into the contractor's time. Okay, now they're working. Okay, now you have to wait for the building inspector to come approve, then you need the fire inspector, then you need the HVAC inspection. There's all these inspections. Do not try to cut corners with this. Mm -hmm. Do not, because (laughs) if you do, they will get you. Like, Do not try, and they will shut you down. Yeah. You know, so you don't want to cut corners with that. Um, you know, so that's kind of key. Think about the build-out. You know, kind of like we actually were just in Lithonia. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we we just we're launching. We're, we just launched a new uh, video series on YouTube called Weave Dealer. So if you <laughs> look up Weave Dealer, dealer uh, probably in the next few weeks we'll have that episode out where we're in Lithonia and, and you can actually see us talking about opening this tour. Yeah, and what was one of the things I said? I said I love. I would love to replace the ceiling, but
0: we can wait because until the until the store starts making money, we don't need to put that much money into it.
1: Yeah. yeah. So you don't have to just go so crazy from the beginning, even though you want it done right. Yeah. You know, you still have to be very, I mean, we could technically afford it. Right. But at the same time, you have to be careful. Definitely. You yeah. Know?
0: It, it can still be nice and not be shanda- glass chandeliers and, you know.
1: Think about think about mm-hmm. the Atlanta showroom. Yeah. Right. So during, we, we had to shut down for like six, seven weeks for COVID. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I said, okay, the floor is getting tore up because we had that like laminate, not laminate. We had that like polished concrete. Mm-hmm. And then I put down the baller tile. Yep right but
0: that was after we had been here for we we're oh. already here for a year almost, almost a, year. a year yeah
1: and things were going well in the showroom mm-hmm. and i said let's make the showroom really really nice upgrades yeah you know so you got to think about that so you make your space nice but don't go overboard don't yeah. go overboard and
0: then don't be married to a launch date because you will get your feelings hurt oh, <laughs> if you think don't you're be sen- married to that if you
1: think you're setting your launch date before all the inspections are done, you're yeah. going to shoot yourself in the foot.
0: And I think um, it's kind of almost like buying a home. I think, like you said, having money, but then also preparing your mind to pay rent for at least a few months before you actually even start making sales and stuff. So oh, making sure, sure you have that extra money in the bank. Um, were you going to say something? Yeah, no, I was oh. going to
1: say, like, with that, too, like generally negotiating with a new landlord, Yeah. Uh, sometimes you can get a few free months' rent. Yeah, so, like, in sure. Detroit we got a couple free months rent. Yeah. That gives us, so the landlords knows, Hey, these guys are going to be fixing up the space, probably mm-hmm. putting money into the space. Yep. So that's good. Yeah. We can compensate them with a couple free months rent. So Definitely. that's part of the negotiation process. Yeah.
0: And then the other thing is also, um, depending on how the building is set up, you could also negotiate them to pay for the build out, give you a type of, um, right. Yeah. A budget for build out, or you well. can build
1: it into the lease. Yeah. You can get a budget for a certain amount of dollars that they're going to help to contribute because You know, with Atlanta, I I will do anything for Atlanta because we own the space. Right. But, like, do I really want to put the most beautiful tile in a space I'm renting? I don't really want to. No. (laughs) You know, so, like, you got to take that into consideration because you're not getting that money back out. Right. You know, Dallas and I were talking about the stylist that spent, like, a couple hundred thousand dollars building on her salon in a space she was renting And I'm just like, oh, my God, that's (laughs) not a good idea. And that salon's not open anymore. Ah, yeah. That money money's gone. Down the drain. Down the drain. You know, but it gives someone else the opportunity to walk into a great space. Yeah. So you can also, if you're opening a store, look for a space that's not, like, you don't want to go into a space that's never been built out before. You don't want to go into a space that was once a restaurant if you're opening a hair or beauty store. Try to find a good space, not too big because you're paying per square foot and that doesn't need too much to be done. Definitely. Yeah. You know, like Charlotte, my guys will be done in 3 days in Charlotte. We're done. No permits needed, no nothing Everything construction done. done, like yeah. nothing like structural or like that you really need a permit for. Yeah. That thing's done. You just need to find a manager, get some licenses and stuff, you know, dealing with the city, it's a pain. Um that's it. It's open. Yeah. You know, so, that's beautiful.
0: So, what about um so let's go through like the checklist um because buildings that you get you won't always walk into something that's like already done with the permits and all of that so what would you say are like those top things you need to make sure you do when it comes to um exit signs or like passing inspections or like what are what are some tips that you can give people
1: so with the with the space you know first thing with build out is always get the floors like we didn't do it in atlanta but um get the floors done mm-hmm. because it's very hard to, it's not like replacing the ceiling tiles you can do later. Oh, so yeah. some of the build out stuff do that. You need to be done and you don't need to shut down the store. If you want to improve it later, yeah. try to focus on getting those things done. Um, you know, the best thing to do with all the permits is contact the city and ask a hundred questions. Okay. When I was down at Hazel park in Detroit <laughs> or in uh, Michigan, it's actually Detroit is right across the street from where our store is. We're in Hazel park. But I went down there and I asked a million questions. I said, guys, I want to do this right. I'm not cutting corners. You know, I want to pay all the fees and everything else that I need to do. Tell me step by step for your city yeah. what you want me to do.
0: Yeah, because it's different for everyone. It's everywhere. different
1: for a lot of different cities. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I did that and I got the list. They love me. I'm going to send them <laughs> some lashes, schmoozing them a little bit. They're excited <laughs> as can be. Yeah. Right. So like make sure you do that. It's go down and ask exactly what they want realize that if you're doing a lot of electrical or anything structural, that's going to be very expensive, push things back. So finding yeah. the right space is key. Uh, so once you get that kind of stuff done uh, and you get like the, you know, make sure with the fire inspector. So I emailed the in fire inspector for Detroit. I said, Hey, do you have somebody that can come in? Cause you need like the fire hydrant or what is that called? The, Ex- extinguishers. Oh, the fire Yeah, extinguishers. <laughs> so they'll come in, they'll double check everything before the fire inspector comes because you don't want to oh, piss nice. the fire inspector off. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't want to keep coming back because you're a knucklehead and, and didn't get the space set up right. Right. Yeah. So talk to people, right? That is really key. Have the right people. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. Just talk to people. Say, what do you want to make this happen?
0: Yeah. Use your resources. Like Google best friend going down to the city. Those are all great things to make sure you do. And the other thing I wanted to point out was um, when looking for a space, make sure it's in the right area for your type of business. For sure. Um, You don't want to get a space in the middle of, um, let's just say, you're looking for something in the African-American community. You don't want to go get a space in the middle of Beverly Hills where people aren't buying these type of extensions. Right, right. <laughs> So you want to make sure that your location is very good. There is very high um, foot traffic, especially if you're not doing online marketing right away. You just want to make sure that it's in a very good location. Parking. Parking. Yes. Oh my God. That was one of our downfalls at, the first location, parking. Yeah. I yeah.
1: mean, people had to pay $5 to Valley Park just to run upstairs just to grab something.
0: Yeah, and I even remember some people saying, I just left because the parking was crazy. So we even lost out on some sales Tons um, because of, sales. of the parking. So, yeah. yeah, parking is definitely. Where we are here in Atlanta now, parking is um, a lot better because there's, like, the street parking. And then our other locations, Lithonia, there's a big parking lot, um, Greenville, Greenville. Greenville has oh, parking there's a, Oh, there's a parking street. garage. Yep. Right behind it. garage, yeah, parking garage and parking parking lot. So, yeah. And Charlotte, sure. huge parking lot. Okay. You know, yeah. Detroit,
1: decent-sized parking lot, right on eight miles. So, it's like yeah. tons of traffic driving by. Yeah. It's nice when you can get that traffic driving by and people find out about you just by driving by. Right, yeah. like, oh, I
0: was just driving by and I saw you guys.
1: That's what's nice about being on a main road. We yeah. have some signage. So, that's like huge marketing. I mean, there's yeah. actually, I didn't show you, but like um, last week there's a location for sale right around the corner and i was like in detroit no here oh here <laughs> right on um what street is that uh, moreland yeah that's for sale that would be perfect like build out to be like a salon oh gotcha. i don't want to own a salon right, i don't want to yeah. be in the salon business but i was like i would buy the space just so i can put a sign that says private label extensions hair extensions wigs. that way, that way. <laughs> and then you can get like you know your hair done and stuff here yeah. and whatnot like that would be, and, you know, real estate's a big part of our what right, we do, yeah. investing and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this is nice. So we'll probably look at it in the next week or two. Um, it's just, yeah, just You know, something. Just, just something. <laughs> um, so maybe we'll be like private label suites or something like that would that's be kind of nice. cool. Yeah,
0: that would be cool. You know?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to make sure that's registered before you guys try to go to GoDaddy and get it from me. No, I already got it. PrivateLabelSuites.com. Just in case we want to come out with it later, because <laughs> you know we always come oh, out with yeah. new stuff. yeah, yeah, it's Mikey probably has
0: like a whole ever never ending purse just of domains or. First names. of all,
1: I don't have a purse. Merce, a maybe okay. his I got backpack. A backpack. Okay. My backpack. the yeah. leather I backpack. The backpack. <laughs> so yeah, I have the never ending backpack of ideas. Yeah, um, but the thing is, it's like, why get complacent? Yeah. Right. You know, uh, the biggest challenge for us opening these. The biggest challenge, hands down, for opening these three new stores, I can get everything done. I've done tons of real estate, construction, everything. I know how to do all that. It's the staffing is the hardest part. Yeah, 100% staffing is the hardest part, especially in different cities, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, you know, but other people, this is the thing. People are like, oh, this is going to happen, all these. They think just negative. Yeah. And I think, okay, I get it. And yes, that is a problem, and you have to be careful, but- how does you know? How does Sally Beauty have a thousand locations? Right. You know, if they were thinking, if whoever started Sally Beauty was like, "Oh, I can't trust have, these people. You're gonna have all these problems." Like you would, they would be at five stores, right, or yeah. three stores, yeah. You know, or one store. So it's like you have to. It's you know, yeah. Bad things are probably gonna happen, right? Maybe. Unfortunately, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Right. But you have to just figure out how to deal with it, mm-hmm. move forward, right? Be
0: solution oriented, not problem oriented. So yeah. there's there's a problem. Let's uh, figure out what the solution. Yeah. Let's figure out what the solution is. How can we fix this? Yeah. yeah. So,
1: you know, we'll we'll go through it and it's mm-hmm. a learning process. And I mean, you know, do we have to open all these stores? No, we could just focus online, but you know, we it's just not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. You know, that's it's just more opportunity. Yeah. You know, it's like sure. right now wholesale day in Greenville you know, the staff that goes up there, uh, I mean, they're having the time of their yeah. life just to get away for a day. Mm-hmm. And Greenville is a great city. If you haven't yeah. been, check out Greenville. It is a nice um, city. A nice little city. So like that part works out well. You know, some of the grand opening parties will have that Detroit grand opening, the VIP party. Look, <laughs> everyone's trying to get what well, you guys don't even know yet. Maybe by the time this comes out, maybe not, you won't know. But That VIP party for Detroit is going to be fire. (laughs) Okay, so we got that coming up. Yeah, I mean, you know, opening the stores is a challenge. It's, you know, definitely you have to have, don't do it if you have, you probably won't even be able to get a lease if you don't have, like, at least some savings and stuff. Um, You know, they are going to check your credit for the most part. I think out of the three spaces, uh, one of the three checked my personal credit, which... I don't really like people checking my personal credit because I don't want the credit inquiry. You know, me and you've been talking about credit for years, (laughs) like trying to get our credit up, credit up, you know, and how important it is. But, you know, now having great credit, you know, because I I tell people, I say, look, when my first business failed and when I first started this business, my credit score was horrible. Yeah. In the tubes, embarrassing. You know, things are different today. Yeah. But there's a (laughs) lot that went into that. Definitely. A lot went into that. The work behind the work yeah so um, I stores you can be successful with the store um, you know obviously private labels looking to partner with more people for stores the yeah. right people very strategic
0: very strategically
1: very strategic <laughs> okay so like but I you will know. say
0: the partnerships that have been developed so far are great great partnerships oh man yeah
1: we yeah we're right on track yeah Right for on sure. track. So, you know, if you're doing that, be careful when you have a partner, obviously. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, the people that we're working with are amazing. Uh, so we have no concerns there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a good amount about... Brick and mortar. Brick and mortar. Yeah,
0: and we don't say any of this to deter you from getting a brick and mortar store. Um, but these are just all facts that you should definitely know before, before opening up.
1: Look, if your brick and mortar store does well, you can do very, very well. Yeah very very well for a store that does well yeah um you know so don't don't get discouraged by by far but you know generally in today's environment or just in entrepreneurship everyone only focuses on like oh you're gonna make all this money yeah the other look that stuff's not true. true it's possible but it's not like, I mean, there's reasons why most restaurants that start fail and all this other kind of stuff. It's tough.
0: Yeah, you, and you have to have the, like, what is going to set you apart from another brick-and-mortar store? Um, I was reading this book not too long ago, and the guy actually talked about um, most restaurants fail the first time they open up, and it's because of... Um, either the quality or the type of business that it is, um, and and he was talking about they failed the first time, but the second time around they created this product. It was like a, a some sort of lobster Philly cheesesteak or something, mm. and um, it was a hundred and fifty dollars just for the cheesesteak. But once one person had it, they created the experience that people always wanted to talk about. So like Mm -hmm. circling back around here, like what is the experience that people always love to talk about? Like, even though it's $150, I want to go try that cheesesteak, right? So when people come to private label extensions, hands down, they always talk about the people who are in the showroom, like the Mm -hmm. customer service, um, the people who are in there, very inviting, very welcoming, very knowledgeable. Yeah. Very knowledgeable. Um, And that's the experience that they always want to come back to. So you have to really think about, I'm opening this brick-and-mortar store. What is the experience that I'm going to provide that's going to set me apart from another store? Um, Me personally, I've been in other hair stores. um, I won't say any names, but I've been in other hair stores where the service was terrible. Like, it was just like, okay, what are you getting? Okay, if I have questions, it's like, well... Do you not know what you want? No, that's why I'm asking you. <laughs> I don't. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> so it's just like very – I'm really big on customer service. So going into any type of restaurant, store Anything, spa, nail salon, I'm very big on. I will not come back if the customer service is bad. I just won't. And the hair, the quality could be amazing. The service could be great, but I will not come back. So, yeah, just making sure you have that experience. Um, So when you're building the brick-and-mortar store and you're developing staff, making sure that you're creating an experience as well.
1: I think, that yeah, you nailed it because, you know, we were talking earlier today. I said, for these locations, you know, some of our focus is, Is the experience when you first walk in the door? Yeah. You want the place to look very beautiful, very inviting. Yeah. Right. You know the product is going to be phenomenal. Right. Yeah. And then you have to have great customer service. And then when it gets time that this thing's about to get rung up, you think it's going to be some really expensive like purchase. And then you're like, holy cow, Private Label Extension is like 30% (laughs) cheaper than everybody else. Like, this is amazing. How do they do it? I don't know how they do it, but it's amazing. And I (laughs) love them. And then, and then they're like, I'm not telling any of my friends about <laughs> private label. That's my secret. No, just tell a friend, guys. Just, come on, give me some love. So you know, you know, we're everybody's biggest secret, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, um, we're fine. You know, our clients. As, hey, as long as our clients are killing it, I'm happy. Things are great.
0: Yeah. Yep. So that's how you should definitely start off opening a brick and mortar store. Remember, don't get discouraged. Um, You can definitely do it. Be consistent and make sure you're working on your online presence as well.
1: So important.
0: Yep. Um, And before we close out, make sure that you comment, like, subscribe, wherever you're listening at, whether it's on the website, YouTube, iHeartRadio wherever we are, where All wherever it. you're listening, just make sure you um leave a review, comment, subscribe, um, join the start a hair business group on Facebook, Facebook.com backslash start a hair business. Um we have tons of resources, uh, tons of of products, knowledge, everything that we talk about in the Start Hair Business Group. A lot of um the stuff that we put in there may be only exclusive to the group. So make sure you get in there. We do a lot of giveaways. Oh, yeah. um, I know there's been um a lot of websites, logos, laptops that we've given away to the black community um, with everything that's been going on. You know, we're in support and um, we just want to see everyone do extremely well. So, yeah, make sure you guys show up and show out.
1: And <laughs> before we go, um, quick announcement. Woo-woo. Uh, I well, am working on, that? I don't, that's, that's my segue <laughs> from my quick announcement. Is huge. Everybody loves it. Um, I have been working on a book for about six months. Yeah. It's going to be out yeah. in about four or five months. We're saying spring 2021. It might be, you know, March-ish. March-ish. So we're going to maybe do an episode about that, but, um, I'm so excited to, for you guys to be able to read this. I think it's going to really help you with your entrepreneurial journey, especially for the hair business. But oh, yeah, uh, for sure, we'll talk more about that. Uh, Did maybe you say next, what the name of it was? I'd save that for the next episode. So check out the next <laughs> episode. Maybe we'll do another one next time on that. And uh, yeah, that's it.
0: Um, all right, guys. Thanks for joining us today for episode one of season
1: three Hair Biz Radio.
0: And we will be back soon.
1: Bye.